once a day. And today I want to uh, preach a sermon about prayer. One of the uh, most difficult parts of making a sermon for me sometimes is coming up with a title. So we're just going to have a sermon about prayer today. No fancy title. Um, And let's start with prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this time that we can gather and hear your word. Lord, we ask that you would guide us. The Holy Spirit would help us to receive it and understand it and apply it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So in January, actually uh, the later part of December, I was praying about what God was going to have us study this year in, in 2023 about where he would lead us as a church, as a body. And as you guys know, the word that came to my mind when I was praying, when I was spending that time in prayer, was, was serious, was seriousness. And I, I didn't uh, understand the, the full concept of what the Lord wanted me to uh, preach about for like the whole year, at least a good part of the year. Um, until I spent more time in prayer about it and in communicating with God in the way God chose. You know, I, I, I chose to speak to him with words, and he chose to speak to me through a lot of different ways. But one of the things he spoke to me about is, is he gave me visions of, and, and visions just like pictures in my mind, of our Christian brothers and sisters that were here before us. This building is an old building. The main part of it that you guys in the front are sitting in was built uh, 1885 or 89, one of those years. Um, and that's old. The people who sat in this very building, in this very room, to hear the gospel preached, to hear uh, and sing praise to God, uh, would have walked here or rode their horses, who knows from how far away. There's been folks doing this same thing that we're doing here for a very long time. And a lot of these churches in our area that were built maybe in the countryside, and and maybe this was country back then. I think there was some houses around, but uh, they were small, but serious. Folks came here from miles maybe 10 miles away. And they weren't able to jump in their car and drive here. And it was a full Sunday that they spent praising the Lord, sharing dinner together, fellowshipping. Life wasn't easy for them. Now, life is not easy for us either. But if we were to put ourselves in their shoes, uh, some of the stories that uh, I've heard this past year of the older folks, uh, one I'll never forget, A lady told me that uh, her mother had 12 children and for 20 years of her life, at at least uh, I think it was six of them, were in diapers for that long period of time. And they didn't have washing machines and they were cloth diapers. And so she was washing, I don't know how many diapers, in the bathtub every day. The bathtub didn't have running water. I mean, you had to be serious to raise kids. 
You had to be seriously devoted to them. And they did a lot of things like they worked the ground. They had to do that to eat. They worked their job, whatever it was. They had to do that to survive. On Sundays, they came to church. And you would think, well, they didn't really have to come to church. They could have chose not to. But boy, they, they put aside everything else on that one day. and They walked, rode their horses, however cold it was, and they came places just like this to worship God and to learn about it. Through that prayer the first of this year, I just feel like God was telling me, we need to get serious about our faith. Serious like the folks have been in our history. Prayer is one of the things that we need to take seriously. Now, uh, we've talked about serious worship, serious learning, serious serving, and now we're on serious living. And we've been using these past uh, few weeks Paul's letter to Timothy to uh, discover what it means to get serious about living together as the body of Christ, as the church, to get serious about living as a family and the family of God. Now, Paul refers to Timothy as his true son in the faith. Knowing the end of his life is drawing near, Paul is intent on sharing with Timothy some instructions regarding how to care for and to protect the church family as well as a warning to stay on course and avoid shipwreck, which we talked about last week. Of utmost importance, Paul instructs Timothy to pray. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. All people. Now this is only half of that verse. But Paul is serious when he says prayer is important. And first of all, pray for all people. What is prayer? It's something we hear a lot about in our Christian lives and the preaching, and we read a lot about it in the scripture, and it's one of those words that can be so common for the Christian that we lose track of what exactly it is. The words that we uh, don't know so much about, that we don't use every day, sometimes we want to learn more about them when we hear about them, so I wonder what that is. But prayer, that's just one that we, we don't go to, to Sunday school and say, hey, what is prayer? But I think that we need to focus on what prayer actually is. So, so what is prayer? It's communicating with God. You know, communication is a two-way activity involving sharing and listening. Sharing and listening. Many people think prayer is hard because God doesn't typically speak to us in an audible way. If he speaks to you in an audible way, then that's great. But that's not always how he speaks to me. If you were to analyze your communication with an important person in your life, though, 
such as your spouse or a child, you might be surprised that a significant amount of your communication with them is not audible either. We text, we write notes to one another, and who can deny the reality of body language? We know exactly what that raised eyebrow means or the folded arms, or the icy stare? Or how about a warm smile, or eyes full of excitement? Listen, the sunrise is God's good morning. Sunset is his good night. He communicates through the beauty of nature. He speaks to us through his written word, the Bible. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 2 say, Long ago God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. And now in these final days, he has spoken to us through his Son. Many times and in many ways. And finally, through his son. Communication. Communication is a vital part of a relationship. That's why prayer is such a serious matter for Christians. Prayer is the means by which we come to know, to trust, and to love God as we allow ourselves to be known and loved by him. Take a look at Psalms 139, verse 23. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. It's a beautiful verse of us having relationship with God. Search me. Know me. That can be kind of uncomfortable sometimes. If we are to think of God knowing us, of searching everything about us, and to know all of our thoughts, even our anxious ones. But God is a loving God. His word says that he loves us so much and he wants to know all about us. He does know all about us. Are we going to communicate that that's okay with us? We share our hearts with him, and we listen as he shares his heart with us. Remember the listen part. We hear him with our eyes through the beauty of nature. We hear him with our hearts and minds as we read the scriptures, and we hear him with our ears when the word is preached. So that's an idea of what Prayer is communicating with God. Now, what is prayer not? Prayer is not a honeydew list. God is not a cosmic Santa that we submit our wish list to. It's not for us to uh, 
let all our selfish desires known to God so he can fulfill them. James chapter 4, verse 3 says, Even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. Prayer is not a mantra or a memorized set of words you recite out of duty. It's okay to say the same prayer every day or to memorize a prayer as long as your mind and heart are in the words that you are saying. Prayer is not a magic spell or incantation for good luck. Prayer is a serious matter. Let's talk about the importance of prayer. The importance of prayer. Martin Luther once said, I have so much to do today that I'm going to need to spend the first three hours in prayer just to get it all done. Now that's really great because the last thing we think about if we're going to have a really, really busy day is adding an extra three hours of what some people would consider doing nothing. Martin Luther has an idea of what communication to God actually results in, though. He recognizes that if he has 12 hours of work to do in eight hours, he better spend three of those eight hours in prayer so that he can get 12 hours of work done in six hours. Did I do the math right? Five hours just making sure if you were paying attention. <laughs> Martin Luther understands that when we pray to God, when we communicate our needs, we communicate our problems and our anxieties and our fears, God will work with us to accomplish what he needs us to do. Keep that in mind. When you have so much to do and you cannot afford to not spend time in prayer. Remember, Jesus did nothing without first communicating with his heavenly Father. John chapter 5, verse 30. Jesus says, I can do nothing on my own. I judge as God tells me, therefore my judgment is just, because I carry out the will of the one who sent me, not my own will. Jesus is telling us this. Jesus can't even do anything or can do nothing on his own without God. Why do we think that sometimes we can do it on our own? Or maybe it's not that we think that we can do it on our own. We just go about our day doing it on our own without thinking about it. Jesus wants us to talk to him, talk to God. John chapter 12, verse 49, Jesus says, I don't speak on my own authority. The Father who sent me has, who has sent me has commanded me what to say and how to say it. Prayer is serious. The disciples at one point in time, they asked Jesus to teach them how to pray. And if we think about this, the disciples following Jesus around, 
watching everything that Jesus did. Of all the cool things that Jesus did, you know, like walking on water, uh, calming the storm, uh, healing people, uh, turning water into wine, like maybe some of the disciples, Peter, he sounds like a rascal. He'd be like, boy, if if I knew how to turn water into wine, I could use that on the side. Maybe Judas would want to do that. But no, they didn't ask him. The scripture doesn't record us asking him how to do those things. They asked him to, they asked Jesus to teach them to pray. They came to him. They said, uh, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. And here's, here's Jesus' reply. By the way, this is, uh, this is in the New Living Translation. We've all memorized the, uh, the, the model prayer, the Lord's Prayer, in uh, you know, the old style of uh, translation. It's probably been preached in this building for a very long time. And I love the, uh, the King James Version, and I love the New American Standard Version. Um, I think they're great, but uh, sometimes I think that our, our younger generation... You know, I, they read beseech thou mallows and, and these words, and, and they don't understand it. And uh, I think it's important to have different versions so that we can understand in different ways. So as I read this, it's not going to be what you normally uh, remember or memorize. Pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Mm. How beautiful is that? Prayer is important, and Jesus taught his disciples how to do it. We must spend time communicating with our Heavenly Father. Imagine what your relationships with other people would be like if you didn't communicate with them. Can you imagine? Stop communicating with your wife or your husband. See how that works out. The men are thinking, oh, that'd be nice. But it won't. And you probably know it's not. It doesn't work that way. Boy, we should communicate with God. It doesn't work when we don't pray to him. It doesn't work well. We need to take prayer seriously. So that's the importance of prayer. Let's, Let's talk a little bit about the practice of prayer. Practice of prayer. We need to be intentional about praying. We need to determine a consistent time and a consistent place. These are are just things that we can do to increase our practice of prayer, to be intentional about it. Create this time where you can do it. This is part of it. Um, Early in the morning is a good plan, and it doesn't have to be early in the morning. 
But that's just an idea, and it's an idea out of Scripture. Start your day off with prayer. Mark uh, chapter 1, verse 35, um, Jesus says that uh, before daybreak, the next morning, he, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. Jesus didn't say it, but he did it. Uh, before the day started, before daybreak. It's Jesus' model. He wasn't about to do anything else before he had spent some time in prayer. Oh, and look, it said to an isolated place, a place uh, by himself, uh, without distraction. Now, what I'm not trying to do today is to make a bunch of rules about how we should pray, because then there's a lot of folks that are going to be like, if, the, if it takes rules, I'm not doing it. So that's not what I'm saying. And we can pray in all sorts of ways, in different fashions, and, and that's the beauty of it. Uh, but one thing that helps me is to be isolated without distraction, just like Jesus' model here. I remember when um, my kids were young, they were little bitty, and we would get around the supper table and we would pray. And uh, once in a while, one would say, elbowed me after the prayer, hey, Dad, so-and-so uh, weren't shutting their eyes and they were looking around. So what were you doing? <laughs> and so we kind of made the rule that wasn't necessary a rule, but we expected them to do that. Probably a good idea to, to close your eyes if you're a little kid because if my kids are anything like me, they're going to be distracted just by uh, seeing something else. You know, oh, the, the, the dog's over there doing that, and then our minds are off of Jesus. Now, again, I'm not, I'm not absolutely not saying you have to close your eyes to pray because I, a lot of the prayer I do is with open eyes. But the point is, make a time in your day without distraction. If that has to be an isolated place, then be intentional about it. Make it a practice. Here's another thing about uh, the practice of prayer. Um, be uh, reactionary as you pray. Now, that's not the only way. We, we pray intentionally in that specific time of day. And then we pray reactionary, like throughout the day, as situations arise or thoughts come to mind, you be ready to pray at that minute. You know that prayer doesn't have a certain set of rules, like we discussed, um, that it can happen anytime, and so you're ready to pray quickly and on the go. Pray continually. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17. Before daybreak, oh, that's not it. Can you, my iPad quit working. Never stop praying. I could have just quoted that one. That's short enough. Never stop praying. Pray continually. I know uh, this this past uh, past day or so. Oh, my boat's running, by the way. Um, <laughs> there's probably some prayer going on about it. Um, so I had my family on the boat that we just got running, and uh, I was pretty excited about. It. So 
you know, just as fast as it can go, and I'm zooming around in the waves, and it's standing on its side as I turn, and I know that at that point in time, that there was people in that boat doing reactionary praying. <laughs> because the squeals and the screaming and the lectures afterward told me that that was the case. Probably praying, keep this boat right side up, Lord. And uh, also, keep it running so that we're not stuck out in the middle of this lake, um, stranded. Pray as a reaction to the things that come up. Another part of uh, prayer is we need to do it honestly. Let's pray with uh, an honest heart. Jesus is praying in the garden, and he says to God, please take this cup from me. And those words seem to be so honest. If anyone had the background to stand up straight and to say, I'm not scared, then it would be Jesus. But that's not what we hear from Jesus. He prays, Lord, please, please take this cup from me. And he says, but your will be done. Because Jesus honestly understood that God's will is better than anything else. Man, you can just read the Psalms that, uh, that David wrote. And he is crying out to God, David is, just emotionally saying, Lord, this is what I feel. This is what I've done, and this is what I need. What an example that is for us to read David's prayers, his outcryings to God. And we need to pray with purpose as well. We need to align our thoughts and attitudes and will with God's. Here's some things that uh, we should say in our prayers not word for word, but some ideas. When we pray, we need to pray with purpose, saying, not my will, but yours, God. Not my will. We need to pray to bring about glory to God. We need to pray with purpose, trusting God's goodness and sovereignty. And we need to pray with purpose, expressing gratitude, expressing Gratitude, giving thanks in all circumstances. First Thessalonians uh, five, chapter six, chapter five, verse sixteen, eighteen. Um, the rest of that verse is always be joyful, never stop praying, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Make the practice of prayer so important in your life that you talk to God more than anyone else. Let me say that again. You communicate with a lot of people in your life, with your, your kids, with your uh, neighbor, with your coworkers, with your boss, uh, with your dog. You communicate with a lot of those people. But God should be hearing from you more than anyone else. should be the one that you're just talking to Constantly, more than your uh, BFF. 
talk to God. That's the practice of prayer. How about the power of prayer? Unity is the first part of this. Unity. Acts chapter 1, verse 14 says, they were, all in, they were all united in prayer, and the Holy Spirit came upon them. This is the new church, where they had just started gathering together as the body of Christ, all together there, and they were constantly united in prayer. United. Prayer brings us together. You know, we say amen after a prayer. and Amen um, means that we are in agreement. It brings people into agreement. It's, it's kind of the saying that uh, it kind of means uh, certainly. This is, this is true. What has been said here is good and it is trustworthy. And so when we pray together, when we are united in prayer, then it brings unity to the body of Christ. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, um, the Lord's Prayer again. I want you to look at, uh, look at this. And have you ever noticed that when Jesus gives us this example, he says... Uh, our Father, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your, will, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day the food we need. Forgive us of our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield into temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Saying here, here, is how you should pray. This is a prayer for a group of people. This is a prayer of unity, praying together. Now, we don't have necessarily any specific, uh, structured uh, prayer meetings, and I would love to do that someday. We do throughout the year have some special ones. But it's so important to recognize the power of prayer together. You know what else uh, the power of prayer brings about? Um, intimacy. Prayer invites the presence of God and invites him to be with you. Prayer initiates healing and reconciliation. You know... After I've had an argument with my wife, there's a lot of things that I can do and have tried. Go outside and kick the tractor, never does any good. Uh, go fishing, um, but just a whole bunch of things that I can try after I have an argument with her. But the one thing that works every single time is when I sit down and pray about it. Because you know what happens when I pray to God? I kind of get humbled. Like, Lord, I don't like to be angry at my wife. And I definitely don't like her to be angry at me. And then 
he starts melting away that frustration in my heart and starts telling me, reminding me what I already know because I've already read it in his Bible, his book. I start thinking, well, okay, it's, it's, it's possible to, to get along in a relationship with my wife. And it brings that uh, intimacy between me and God, brings my wife and I back together. I would suggest that. Pray after every argument with your spouse. That may be seem kind of, you know, like that's obvious, but do we honestly do that? Think about uh, the child. Maybe I use my children as examples too much. But uh, I can remember plenty of times when they would be in a room fighting. And I would hear one just raise their voice and just chew out the other, say a bunch of things that were not nice. And I'm like, I cannot believe they just said that to their sister. And then I walk in the room, and the kid looks at me and, you know, like, oh, Dad heard me say that. Ah. You know, how, how often do we see kids be rotten around their peers? But when an adult comes around, especially an adult who is their authority, they change. They change their act. When we invite God into our relationships, into our marriages, then it kind of keeps us on the right track. It humbles us. Another part of the power of prayer is testimony. We can't forget to talk about how God has answered prayer in our lives. And he will answer prayer. That's hard to understand sometimes. Just know that he doesn't always answer prayer the way we want. We've got to tell others about it when he does. We recognize it. Big or small, answer or tell them all. Uh, tell about the uh, little thing that he provided for you and about the big thing. When we share our testimony, hearts get changed. People uh, see what God can really do. And that leads to lives getting changed. Changed hearts lead to changed lives. <clears throat> And changed lives lead to changed eternities. We'll spend eternity one place or another. And our prayer should be <clears throat> for as many people as we know. We'll get to heaven to spend eternity. Now, there's a lot of stories that I can think of for uh, answered prayer. Just this morning in our uh, Sunday school, uh, Miss B uh, told us about how God answered prayer. If, if you don't know her, uh, her story, um, uh, b b before she was married to Joseph, uh, she lived on a, on a ranch just right outside of town here. And uh, for years, she uh, managed cattle, lots of them. I don't know how many. Um, 
Now, I know a lot of you guys raise cattle as well. And I could put any of you uh, cowboys up here and, you know, you're big, strong, and square-shouldered and tall hat. And then you put Miss B up here. And, you know, she's sweet and kind. And, uh, but she was a cattle rancher. How did she do that? How did she manage all them cattle by herself? She told us how this morning. She said it was by prayer, by God's help, that when her cattle got into the pond and got cut up, their legs were all torn up by uh, wire. She buys, how does she take care of them? Well, she says she prayed about it. You know, these cattle walked right up into the chute by themselves with her just following along. She got them there and she was able to put medicine on them. Now, if I had tried that, I probably wouldn't have prayed because when I get around cattle, I get angry and not very smart. So it wouldn't have worked for me. But for Miss B, it works. She prays about it. She trusts God and he helps her. Another story that I think I'm about answered prayer comes from Acts chapter 12. Let me read this account to you. About that time, King Herod Agrippa began to persecute some of the believers in the church. He had the apostle James, John's brother, killed with a sword. When Herod saw how much this pleased the Jewish people, he also arrested Peter. This took place during the Passover celebration. Then he imprisoned him, placing him under guard of four squads of soldiers each. Herod intended to bring Peter out for public trial after the Passover, but while Peter was in prison, the church prayed for him earnestly. Repeat that. The church prayed for him earnestly. The night before Peter was to be placed on the trial, on trial, he was asleep, fastened with two chains between the soldiers. Others stood guard at the prison gate, and suddenly there was a bright light in the cell, and an angel of the Lord stood before Peter. The angel struck him on the side to awaken him and said, Quick, get up. And the chains fell off his wrists. And then the angel told him, Get dressed and put on your sandals. And he did. Now put on your coat and follow me, the angel ordered. So Peter left the cell following the angel but all the time he thought it was a vision. He didn't realize it was actually happening. They passed the first and the second guard posts and came to the iron gate leading to the city. And this opened for them all by itself. So they passed through and started walking down the street. And then the angel suddenly left him. Peter finally came to his senses. It's really true, he said. The Lord has sent his angel and saved me from Herod from what the Jewish from the Jewish leaders had what they had planned to do to me. Peter was probably pretty discouraged being put in jail, especially after after James had just been killed, Peter thinking that's that's what I'm going to get. But the church earnestly prayed. They prayed. And the result was Chains fell off and prison doors opened. Peter had more of God's work to do. And this right here is proof for us that prayer can and will work. 
Now you might ask, why does God answer some prayers with life and some not with life? Now I don't know. I don't know exactly how to answer that question. We won't understand how and why God answers prayers until we get to heaven. Sometimes we're tempted to think that, well, the reason my prayer didn't get answered is because I don't have enough faith. Let me tell you, that is not the truth. That is absolutely not true. Romans uh, chapter 8, verse 28 says, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. That's another verse that's kind of just hard to understand. God causes everything, everything, all the things to work together. Boy, I'll be excited to see in heaven how it all works out for the good because this scripture tells us that it absolutely does. Mm. So what do we get from all this seriousness about prayer, about not understanding uh, what prayers get answered the way uh, we think they should and other prayers uh, seemingly not getting answered, but we know they are. What about all this? What is the point of communicating with God? It's because we are His and His will will be done. The more we spend in communication with Him, the more chains break and the more prison doors will open. We don't have physical chains on us today. We aren't bound by prison doors. But the sin that has entrapped us troubles us every day. And that's the chains that will be broken. And we pray to the Lord, asking for forgiveness, telling him everything about how we're feeling. I want to do that right now. So pray with me. Lord God, we understand you want us to talk to you constantly in every situation. That you want us to make time for you, God. We thank you that you hear us. And we ask you to help us open our ears and our minds and our hearts to hear you when you speak. Lord, to see you when you act and move. Lord, we pray for small things. Lord, the, the food that we get, the gestures from other Christians that make us feel loved. We pray for the big things, Lord. We pray for healing. Most importantly, we pray for spiritual healing, God, in a land that is free. We are free to pray here together with you. We pray that you will help us accept, repent of our sins and accept grace and mercy that you freely give. Lord, we pray for our brothers and sisters that are worshiping 
all over this country today, this morning, in other church houses. Lord, we pray that you will keep us, your remnants, your body, keep us strong, keep us on fire for your work. Lord, we pray that your will would be done and you would work through us. 